We're going to talk today, again, uh, I mean, this is the first message that we have concerning to be like Christ. How many of you want to be like Christ? You know, there used to be a uh, basketball player, many of you know him, very famous basketball player, and they had a commercial from Gatorade, and it said, I want to be like Mike. We all know that, right? I want to be like Mike. Soaring through the air, slam dunking, doing all those kinds of things. But uh, he won six championships, six crowns, and he was MVP in each and every one of those. But you know what? That doesn't compare to the crown of life that we get when we enter into the throne room of God. Amen? God has a championship crown for you when you become more like Christ. That's what God's goal was, to be, like, to be conformed into his image. So that should be our goal, to be conformed into the image of Christ. Is that your desire? Now, I'm going to take a couple of aspects of Jesus throughout this month. And this aspect that I'm going to point out to you, it's amazing because when you start to find, you know, look at a, a characteristic, it's amazing that how many places that it's in the Bible. And we're going to talk about God's gentleness and goodness and love and long-suffering that he has for us. A lot of times we think, oh, he's just short-tempered enough. We mess up, you know, where he's through with us. Don't we feel that way? Like we're cutting off our blessings. He doesn't love us anymore. But that's not the way it is with God or with his son, Jesus Christ. So let's look at this first scripture here. What does it say? Come unto me, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 29. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Do you ever feel like you're doing that before you got saved? Wasn't it a labor? Wasn't it an effort to get through life? Every day you wake up, oh, here we go. Here's another Monday. Uh, where's Friday? I'll never get to it. <laughs> Come unto me, all ye that labor. And are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am what? Meek and lowly in heart. Now, I don't know any politician that's running for office that says, vote for me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart. Have you heard anybody say that? No. They said, we will overcome. Now, now Jesus, it's funny that he would say that, right? Why did he say, I was meek and lowly in heart? Because prior to that, the Pharisees and the Sadducees would lay down laws and rules and regulations, and if you didn't follow them, they were very hard on you. They were strict. They were demanding. But Jesus said, no, come unto me. I am meek. I will welcome you. I love you. And that word meek is not weak. It's meek, meaning I hear from God. I love you with an everlasting love. Amen? Oh, it's so good just to know that God loves us with an everlasting love. We're going to show a video here in a minute and talk about that. Now, will you say, well, well, Jesus, he had all power and authority, did he not? He could do anything that he wanted to do, but he was under control. Remember when he cleansed the temple and he, he threw out all the money changers and all the cattle and the sheep? Well, what was he doing? He was, we say, well, it was righteous indignation, right? Because the zeal of his, of his father's house has consumed him. Now, a lot of us use that phrase, righteous indignation, to say that's the way they act each and every day <laughs> of their life. <laughs> I'm just fed up with them, and I'm going to speak my mind. I'm going to tell them exactly what they're doing wrong. No, that's not mean, meek, and lowly in heart. Now, a horse is a strong animal, is it not? It weighs about 1,100 to 1,300 pounds, and it can do any. You can't control a horse if it doesn't want to be controlled, can you? 
But how nice and beautiful it is when it submits and humbles itself to a man, a trainer, and you'll see a horse be able to prance around, right? Step to the side, bow, back up. Isn't it nice to see? But he could, he didn't have to do that. Jesus could have just blown us away when he came. When the, when the uh, soldiers came to him at the garden, he could have said, you know what? And he did say it. If I wanted to, my father would send 12 legions of angels, that's 72,000 angels, to come and take care of you. And they asked him, well, where is Jesus? He says, I am he. And guess what happened to them? They fell over backwards. He, he could have knocked them. He, he could have knocked them silly, but he was in control. And when he, when he was in the uh, temple, when he cleansed the temple, and he let the sheep and the oxen go, he took the birds, and he didn't let them fly away. He gave them to the, the caregiver and said, take these doves. I don't want you to lose them, but get out of here. <laughs> Amen? So it's, it's amazing how many times we find the word meek and lovely and, and uh, good. Let's look at now. Now, Paul had this experience in the next slide. He said, now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the what? The meekness and gentleness of Christ. He said, I know, I know the Lord. I know how he is. And he is what? Say it. Meek and gentle. Can that be said of you? So, well, how, how would you describe so-and-so? I won't mention any name. Is the first thing they say, very meek, very lovely, very kind, very gentle. Would they say that? Well, that's what they said about Jesus. He says, I beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. So we're going to show this video to get an uh, understanding of just how Jesus looks at us, how he loves us, how he cares for us how he uh, enjoys us. So if we could put that up, that video. All right, here we go. Thank you. 
Amen. You know, I've been praying to the Lord lately, you know, about my medical condition, and it's nice to know that you're praying to a God and to Jesus who loves you and cares for you, and is not holding back his love for you, and you can be confident to know that he loves you. How many of you had a, a mother or a father who loved you unconditionally, and no matter what you said to them, they loved you? But how much more would Jesus love us? So when you pray to God, you got to know that he is that way. Praise the Lord. Let's look at uh, another scripture, 2 Timothy. It says that we're supposed to be this way. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves, if God, peradventure, will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. We have to be gentle, kind, meek, right? When I was ministering to my friends who were not saved, I don't tell them, hey, you're going to hell, you know that? <laughs> I'm sorry to let you know, but I'll be in heaven, and I don't know where you'll be. No, you don't talk that way. We had a testimony of a, a lady that's been coming to our church. She hasn't been able to come recently. She called me up. She was so excited. She said, my father passed away just the other day, but he accepted the Lord before he passed away. Two months before he passed away, I go, how old was he? Guess what? He was 101 years old. He said, she said he was a wonderful man, but he never accepted the Lord, never went into church, never acknowledged God. But he lived in Honduras, and his sisters or his daughters, her sisters said, you, Dad, you've got to accept the Lord. You, you, you can't go to heaven if you don't accept the Lord. I know my dad was 94 when he accepted the Lord. So how many of you are believing for your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, your, your children? Don't give up. God is working on because he loves them with an everlasting love. And that's what we have to believe, that God is love. Amen? Now, now Jesus was a king, right? A king of the king, king of kings, lord of lords. And when he came into Jerusalem, his triumphal entry before he was crucified, how did he come in? With all kinds of pomp? A big parade? Or what happened? Let's see how it 
and he came in. No, the scripture first. Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. Meek. Here it is. Why does this keep coming up? Meek, meek, meek. It's like when we were teaching our son about how he's supposed to honor his father and mother, and you'll have long life, and it'll be well with him. And we kept showing all the scriptures where he's supposed to honor the Lord. And he started crying. I go, what are you crying about? He goes, why is there so many scriptures in there about that? You guys are teaming up on me. There's two against one. No, when you, when you find out how meek and lovely God is, and we're going to get into it a little bit more, he said, I come to you meek. And sitting on a donkey, usually when a king comes in, he comes in on a white horse, and he has a parade because he's conquered everything. But Jesus is coming now. We'll see the picture. On a donkey, on a, on a colt, a young donkey. And he's there with the people, friendly with him. Praise the Lord. You know, some pastors say, or to other pastors that are growing up, says, don't get too close to the sheep. They'll see perfections. Stay away, you know. But I say, if you're that bad, <laughs> where they're close to you and they see your imperfections, you probably shouldn't be a pastor, okay? <laughs> you know, so I get in with the sheep, and sometimes they have to correct me. I say, Pastor, uh, why are you doing that? <laughs> oh, you're right. Okay, I can correct that. Amen? So we have to be that way. Now, you got to remember, Jesus, the Bible says in John 1, that all things were made by him, and by him nothing that was made was made. In other words, if he didn't make it, it wasn't made. He, he, he created all these people, and he let them crucify him. He came meek. When, even when he came into earth, how did he come in? At the Taj Mahal, at the Hilton? No, he came in in a, what? In a stable, right? So, the thing is, what I'm trying to show you, one of the characteristics of being in Jesus is being meek. Understand that? <laughs> being gentle, being kind. Because, see, if you know God's on your side, no matter what's happening, you know God's going to work it out for your good. You ever go into a place and they don't give you the right thing that you wanted and you get angry? Yeah, let me talk to your supervisor. Yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get this thing straight, you know? Now, I know I, I can see into your lives, and I know there's times when you're on the phone and you're hassling with people and you're yelling and you're screaming. And the Bible says, it's not the way to do it. I found out if I'm not getting anywhere, step back, let the Lord guide and direct me, and he'll show me what to do. There was one pastor that I was listening to. He was trying to, ref he was trying to finance a building project, and he went into the bank, and he wasn't getting anywhere. They said, we can't loan you this money. You're no, you don't have a track record. You, we, we don't trust you. And he's scratching his head like, what are you talking about? And he went into another bank. The Lord directed him, and they said, oh, yeah, come on in. We'll give you three times what you're asking for. We'll, we'll take care of you. What? Sometimes you're just barking up the wrong tree. Amen? Find out where God wants you to be. And if it's not working out, well, just let it go and go somewhere else. Amen? Praise the Lord. So now, this is desirable to be meek and kind. Did you know that? Let's see the scripture in Proverbs 19, 22. The desire of a man is his kindness. And in the Amplified, it says, kindness makes a man attractive. Isn't that good news? And that's why Marianne fell in love with me. <laughs> Despite the fact 
but I had a manly physique, coarse complexion, dark wavy hair, congenial personality, and brown piercing eyes. The, the other factor was I was kind. What I was doing is I was volunteering my time to help the blind and disabled in a facility, and she saw how kind I was to them, how I would walk them around and be patient with them. And she said, wow, if he can be that way to them, surely he'll be that way to them. What she didn't realize is I only did that for an hour. <laughs> but, but when she took me home, no, I'm just kidding. I'm still that way. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, so, so men, if you want to see the girls be attracted to you, be kind. How many, how many ladies want to, you know, hook up with a guy that's real strong and, you know, determined and doesn't pay attention to you or anything like that? No way, huh? You know, I, I, when I was just a little boy, I saw this guy walking down the street, and he was going to go to his girlfriend's house, and she was really a, a good-looking girl, and I'm going like, how in the heck did he get that girl? <laughs> and so I started talking with him, and he's kind. He talks to her. He's being with her. He's listening to her. I go, I thought I'd just like, just, just be with me, okay? You don't have to, I don't have to do all that. But that's not the way you get a girl. You get them because you are, are nice to them, right? Now, women, same thing. Let's turn it around in that next scripture. Verse Peter 3, 4, 5. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. You can do that, but that's not it. That's not the only thing. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in God's sight. Isn't that amazing? God loves it when, why does he love it? Because that's just like him. That's the way he is. Did you know that? Let's look at this last scripture for, for, a, for a moment. In Jeremiah 9.24, it says, But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, which does what? Exercises loving kindness. Whoa, what are you talking about? Almighty God that can do anything. He could just flick us off the face of the earth. He said, I'm the one that exercises loving kindness. You know what loving kindness is? The two words, loving and kindness. Loving means that you uh, care about somebody more than yourself. You don't look at their faults. Kindness is you do good things for a person despite the way they treat you. Come on, talk to me. Okay, loving kindness means the ability to act for the welfare of somebody else that's taxing your patience. Oh, anybody know anybody like that? My son said, Dad, you got that down. You know how to not receive what people are saying or doing to you, and you just be loving and kind and do good things for them. Why? Because it's of the nature of God. It's the Holy Spirit ministering through me to them. Why do I want to take up their offense? Why do I want to be at their level? I heard one minister say, he says, if no one else in this world acts in love, you have to. You can't make an excuse and say, God, well, nobody else was doing it. We're not voted. We're not judged on a curve. We're judged on how much we do and enact the word of God. Amen. So I'm going to get three uh, uh, students here to come up, and we're going to do a little practical exam uh, to exercise. If you guys want to come up now, my readers, because, we're, you know, uh, at my other job, 
we would have scenarios. How many of you had jobs where you have scenarios where they, they give you a situation and you have to see how you want to uh, react to it? So here we are, and we're going to look at a situation and see how they're going to react to it. So Rosie, if you could read this for us. You are on your job, and an employee tells you that she doesn't like you and is not going to help you with any more projects because you're not her cup of tea. Hmm. The Rosie and the Natural? Okay. Okay. One would be respect her wishes and don't talk to her anymore. Number two, try to figure out how to get back at her. Three, tell people that she knows that she knows how mean she is, and four, buy her a gift that you think she would like. Okay, tough choices here. It would be easy to do number one, wouldn't it? Just ignore her, leave her alone, right? See the hand. Two, figure out how to get back at her. Sometimes that feels good. See a number two over there? Tell people how mean she is. Okay, you got to let it know. I'm not taking this, okay? I'm letting everybody know what I'm going through. Or buy her a gift you know she'd like. Rosie, what is your choice? In the, if no one was here, and just in your own natural self, how would you uh, react? Well, it's funny because I actually went through this at work. I had a friend slash supervisor. And she became kind of mean at the end. I don't know what happened, but she started treating me kind of mean, and I could see it and feel it. So my first uh, choice would have been number three, tell people how mean she is. She did this, and she said that. I mean, it's like that's what I wanted to do. But believe it or not, I ended up doing number four. And the way that happened is that I had gone to Switzerland to visit my daughter. And every time I go there, of course, you know, that's the land of chocolate. So I was trying to figure out while I was there, I said, okay, so I've got to bring chocolate bars for this person, that person, all kinds of people, you know. And I was counting everybody. And then I said to myself, yeah, and I'm not bringing her not one single thing. And as soon as I thought that, I know that it was the Holy Spirit that spoke to me because right away, it's like, no, Rosie, you bring her something. And I actually brought her chocolate, and I also added a keychain. And I felt really good when I gave it to her. And she was really, really thankful, you know, that I thought of her. But I, I felt really good inside that I know I did the right thing. Okay, let's see a picture of how that looks. There you are, buying someone a gift. The Bible says when you, a gift given in secret pacifies anger. How can you be mad at somebody if they give you a gift? Can, can you get mad at them? If you pray and ask God, what should I give them, right? This is God's way. This is being meek. Now, what's the scripture that we use? Let's see. The answer, finally, of you, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion. That's what Rosie had, compassion for one another. Love as brethren. Be tenderhearted. Let the Lord speak to you. Be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but on the contrawise, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. Easy. That, how many got that one right? Praise the Lord. If you didn't get it right, you have to go back and redo it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Maggie, next one. You are at your favorite store, and a new employee questions, why are you returning a dress 
and wants your ID. Number one, tell the manager you are not shopping here anymore because of her. Number two, tell the employee she is rude and not professional, but you will pray for her. Number three, throw the dress on the counter and tell her she can just keep her old dress. Number four, follow her directions and ask how she likes her new job. <clears throat> Number two, <laughs> tell her, tell the employee she is rude and not professional, but you will pray for her. No, actually. <laughs> that's, the way, that's what you want to do, right? Number two. Have you ever done number two? Yes, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nothing else, I'm glad Maggie came today because she needs to get straightened out, okay? The correct answer is number four. Let's see the picture. There it is. See how you put people's, a smile on people's face? But you have done number four before, right? Yes, yes. Um, yes, I had a situation um, with an, also an employee and um, she came up to me, and she said to me, she says, how can I learn your job, and how fast can I do it, and how fast can I take it? And I looked at her, and I said, what? <laughs> and I said, uh, how God wanted me to respond, okay, look, if you talk to anybody like that, you're going to be in trouble and not well-liked. I said, but <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you for that. <laughs> you know, we became friends. Praise the Lord. So let's see the scripture that you follow. Proverbs 19.11 in the Amplified. Good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger. And it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression. How many of you do that? Overlook when your, your husband or your wife does something that just frosts you and for the 100th time? It's a glory and honor to overlook it. Overlooking an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. Praise the Lord. Boy, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. Amen. <laughs> okay. Edith, we have another, uh, the, our final. One of your family members is strung out on drugs and keeps falling into bad habits. He needs a ride to the market. One, you tell him that he needs to learn how to be more responsible. Two, you go over all the times that he has messed up these last few years. Three, you point out he has a problem and needs to get into some kind of rehab. Four, you tell him how much Jesus loves him and you love him too. And your answer is? All right, so if I'm going to be real <laughs> and Christ-like at the same time, um, in my honest opinion and in my heart, God wants us to be honest and truthful with those we love. So I would point out the need to be responsible. I would point out that there needs to be um, some rehab. I would tell him Jesus loves him and I love him. And this is not an option, but I'd take him to the market or I'd go to the market for him and get what he needs because if I'm trying to be Christ-like and meet his need, I'm not there to judge him. I'm there to be truthful, to be honest, and speak that into his life. But at the same time, I'm still there supposed to meet his need in that way. So I think there needs to be another option in there. Amen. So you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't um, tell him, you wouldn't do number two. You wouldn't say all the things that he did wrong, but you would address the problem, how he needs to be more responsible, and uh, that he should get into rehab, but that Jesus loves him and you love him too. So it's speaking the truth in love, right? That's the difference. 
So very good, class. You did very well on that. And now, these are scenarios that when you're in the world and things are happening, you'll look back and think, let me see, what choice am I going to take? Am I going to retaliate? Am I going to speak evil of this person? Am I going to fight back? Or am I going to do what the Bible says, be meek and lowly in heart? Amen? Okay, last scripture we're going to look at. We're going to skip a couple. Uh, oh, let me, let me see the, the picture here. Here's, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, there it is. There's a, a family member consoling someone that's in a bad way, and the scripture that we have for it is, if a man is overtaken in a sin, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Isn't it amazing how many times meek and gentleness keeps coming up here? Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. How many times have you accused somebody of something, and then you do the very same thing within a week or two? I can remember a time, true confession, my wife locked her keys in the car. She called me to come and bail her out, and I said, Marianne, please, okay? We're adults here. We know how to keep, you know, how could you lock your keys in your car? And I gave a little lecture and felt pretty good about myself. <laughs> about a week later, hey, Marianne, <laughs> could you come and uh, help me? I locked my keys in my car. I don't know what happened. I'm so sorry. I don't know. I don't know. It'll come on you. It'll come back on you. Don't do that, okay? Last scripture we're going to look at, and it's, uh, we're going to skip over a couple here. Uh, Numbers 12, 1 and 2. Now, Moses, the Bible says, was the meekest man on the face of the earth. Pretty amazing, huh? But they say that about you? The meekest person on the face of the earth. Now, what's funny about that, and the scholars talk about that, he wrote that. <laughs> Moses wrote that he was a meek, but he was only hearing from God, and God made that judgment. And so God will defend you. God will take care of you. God will watch over you. The Bible says what? Vengeance is mine. I will repay. Thus saith the Lord. So Moses, the great Moses, who led the children of, of uh, Israel out of Egypt, and when he was the big hero, when they parted the Red Sea, they were all, you know, loving on him. And his sister Miriam, she led the, tam the, the timbrel, and she was singing, uh, uh, I will, how's it go? I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. She's singing and with her, dancing and everything. Then all of a sudden, Moses marries an Ethiopian woman, not a Jewish person. And so all of a sudden, Miriam and, Moses, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. How many times do you want to say it? <laughs> that darn Ethiopian woman, I don't know. Who invited her into the family? And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it all the way from heaven. He heard down there, they're talking about my boy. They're talking about my man, the man that I called to lead children who I talked to face to face. Why are they talking that way? God says, I will defend you. Amen. So many times people do things against me, and I just wait, and God will straighten it out, and they come back later. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. I apologize. Praise the Lord. And so the Lord heard it, and guess what he does? Next verse. 
Now, now here's the description of Moses. The Moses, Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. What does that mean? He wasn't going to take up the cause. He wasn't going to fight. He wasn't going to tell Miriam and Aaron, what's wrong with you? I, don't you know what I've done? We brought you out of Egypt. We had manna from heaven, the, the, the cloud by day and the fire by night. What's wrong with you? But the Lord said, look at what he says. And the Lord spoke suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam, Come out, you three. <laughs> Woo, shake them up, baby. Come out, you three. See me in my office, okay? <laughs> How many has your boss ever said that to you? And your life passes before you. Oh, my retirement. Oh, what am I going to get another job? What's going to happen to me? You three, come unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they came out. I'm not going to read to you what happened, but he, he looked at him and he said, do I not talk to Moses face to face as a man talks to his friend? And why are you talking against him? He says, you need to knock it off. And Miriam left, and guess what happened to her? She had leprosy as her punishment. Whoa. <laughs> but Moses, being the meekest man on the face of the earth, prayed and said, God, don't let Miriam have this, you know, in her body. I pray that you heal her. And so she had to go nine days into a place where she had to recover, but the Lord healed her. Praise the Lord. Oh, this is a lesson for you. One of the principles and characteristics of the Lord, not only the Father, but the Son, and let's look at this last scripture in Galatians 5.22, also the Holy Spirit, that he wants us to be meek and lowly. What is it? The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. How many of those are kind of like passive characteristics, loving characteristics, not in-your-face characteristics, right? Love, joy, peace. Long, how many long-suffering people do we have here? No. You got one? Okay, praise the Lord. I've just about had it with you, okay? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm more short-suffering, okay? I'll take it for a little bit, but that's it, okay? That's enough. This is the fifth time you've done that. It's the second time today that you've done it, right? Long, how, how long is long-suffering? Longer than what you've been doing, okay? It's not a timeline. It's just a characteristic. I am long-suffering. When you're in the line at the market and the lady is fumbling around and talking about her coupons and all this stuff. That's a good time to meditate, right, Pastor Charlie? Yeah, okay, I got my scriptures, okay. Surely he had borne my sicknesses. Amen. Gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and here's a terrible word, temperance. Control thyself. <laughs> Don't let just everything fly out, but be in control. Let the Holy Spirit guide and direct you. Amen? Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you that we're encouraged to follow with you, to exercise loving kindness, goodness, and mercy to all those that we come in contact with. We want to see you flow through us so that we can have your spirit working in our behalf to change the hearts of the people that they may know and see that it is because of our love that we follow you. So, Father, we just thank you for that. We give you the praise, the glory, honor. In Jesus' name.